0: I'm your host Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up everybody and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. It has been a second. Um I am super excited for today's show. Today we're going to be diving a bit into the sports industry. Sports are notorious for how heated and intense things can get both on the field and off the field. Oftentimes we find players and coaches who are either totally lenient and uncompetitive or players and coaches that are almost too competitive and are willing to tear down each other in order to win. We still want kids to be competitive. We want kids to be resilient, but we don't want them to think their self-worth is rooted in that win-loss record. So today, I brought on a high school football coach who's finding immense success from finding that balance. Everybody welcome Coach Barkley Christensen. Barkley is a seventh-year coach for the San Juan High School football team in Blanding, Utah. Being one of the youngest head coaches in the state, he's racked up a career coaching record of 63-19 and with three state titles. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, though. Over the last seven years, Barkley has learned a lot about how to create a culture of winning and how to motivate kids each year to reach their goals. Welcome, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for the intro, man.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll talk you up, man. So for those of you who don't know, Barkley and I, (laughs) we go way back. No, we both went to the San Juan High School together. We're both from Landing. I was just a couple years older than him. Um, And we took state your freshman and sophomore year. um, And I will never forget my senior year, your sophomore year. You caught a TD pass and got banged around like a little ping pong ball machine in the end zone. And we're just like, Oh my gosh, hold on. And you came off the field. You're like, both my kidneys are dead, but I'll, I'll stand up still. (laughs) It was was a good game. It was good times. Good times. (laughs) Um, and then after high school, um, so high school you played, you played receiver for two years and then quarterback for two years. Right. Yeah. And then after high school, you went to Dixie, Um, Dixie State University, now known as Utah Tech, where you played ball over there. Now, what position did you play in college? Did you play any QB or did you just play receiver?
1: Kind of a funny story about that. I went over there to play quarterback. And uh, the first practice, you know, at San Juan High, um, we didn't play, like, I guess now we do a little bit a better job of it and, and love Coach Lee. And Coach Lee had immense success too, so this is no... Oh, no yes. shot. Again,
0: Nothing against we, good old Monty. Nothing at all. No, no, no.
1: We didn't learn like coverages and things as much when we were in high school. We kind of just no. the play and let's run it. So my first practice at Dixie I was playing quarterback and uh they were playing a cover 2, which means the corners kind of just they'll kind of press the receiver and then they'll sit mm-hmm. in the flat. Did you I throw a back. deep
0: ball that got picked? Well, I
1: went to throw my it was just a, a hitch route. Mm-hmm. there's the corner did a really good job. He kind of went with the receiver for a minute, but then he sat in the flat and I threw a pick and they're like, yeah, you're going to play receiver from here on out. So I went one practice, before, played a wide receiver after that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't, you don't suck as a receiver either. So, I mean, it was, it turned out all right. Um, I think how, it was... many... <laughs> how many years were you at Dixie?
1: So I was there for four years. Um I redshirted my first year and then, um, I played the next three years. I actually started my last year there. I had one more season, but I had to make a decision. I knew, uh, I knew Coach Lee was going to retire at San Juan. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife had some job openings. She's she's an ultrasound tech, so we knew we had an opportunity to possibly go back to Blanding. Um, but I was kind of short on credits, so uh, they said, you know, you could take 21 credits your last two semesters here and just finish that was no way possible if I did that with football. So I had to make a decision. Like, do I gamble? Because it, I mean, I didn't know if I'd get the job or not.
0: Right. And right.
1: Credits these last two semesters, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. And just finish. Or do I play my last year of football? And that was a hard decision, but I ended up, you know, I got to do its best for my future. I didn't think I was right. going to go to the at that point. So I, I took 21 credits my last two semesters and, uh, Holy poop. Knocked it out. And, a piece. And, Got the job, yeah, yeah, a piece, so
0: forty credits in a year
1: yeah it was it was crazy,
0: holy <laughs> moly that drew that would have driven me into the ground yeah. and then and th- and then did you go straight off over to like student teach over at San Juan high then
1: yeah, so so that that kind of wrapped up the twenty one credits was the student teaching okay that uh, at, uh it was that spring so that winter and spring I student taught and then was done and had a job interview and luckily got the the teaching job.
0: When you went to San Juan High, was it with the intention to become the football coach? No, no, I was in
1: high school, man. I, I have a lot of regrets from not taking things very seriously. Um, you know, I was just, I liked sports and, and uh i hated school and i really didn't take school very i had a better gpa in college than i did in high school i had like a i had a three five in high school You're
0: your academic well the equivalent of academic all-state in college i saw you getting honors
1: yeah I, was, I had a three nine eight or something in college i i took i loved it i liked school i learned how much i really liked it job <laughs> so yeah i have a lot of regrets from high school but i could never have imagined being a teacher like that would have been the furthest thing. The kids in my grades still laughed. Like, how are you the vice principal? Cause <laughs> and, well, there's no way that would have been a, even an option.
0: Right. And so you get to San Juan high. And I, I think a lot of people might be wondering, how did you end up coaching so early on? Like, was coach Lee like, Hey, you should take over as the football coach or like, did you, when you came over to, uh, to student teach with coach Lee, was the end game, once you were there, to to become the football coach? Uh,
1: yeah. So so I actually helped Monty that last – his last season. I knew it oh. was going to be his season, oh. so I was going to consistent that year. Then I had to go back and finish school. Okay. Came. So that summer I helped him a little bit, Um, and that's something I wanted to do. I wanted to – that's why I wanted to get an education. I know it sounds bad. I ended well, up loving it. Teaching, but I, I wanted to be a coach and right. i wanted the e route but they said everyone in their dog that wants to coach goes that route so mm-hmm. good luck get a job where you want to go so they said social studies would be the best option you can kind of pick where you want to go as long as you can get a football job um and so i knew coach lee was going to retire so i'm like yeah social studies would be great um and he's retiring a football coaches could all really work out and uh so when I student taught with him, obviously I was just trying to learn from him. He didn't, he wasn't like, you know, Bob Peterson was the principal then. He wasn't like, you're the guy, you know, right. professional couldn't say that, but I, I don't think he really, I mean, I was, you I was 22 years old and, and looking right. back, I'm grateful they hired me, but it's <laughs> kind of crazy. 22 because at me as a 22 year old thought I knew everything. I was going to come in and take 2A high school football by storm and we were going to win all these <laughs> championships and, that first year we went four and seven because I was gonna I,
0: say the first couple of seasons were a little rough.
1: Yes. I I was humbled because I thought played college football, I'm gonna come in. I know everything and I knew nothing. And uh yeah, a lot of work has had to come in to I mean, that, I think that was the best thing for me is to to have to learn that. Right. But but yeah, I wanted to be that the football coach somewhere. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. I think that's interesting. In high school, you know, you never think you'd end up there again. Like I, I would have never dreamed of been back in education, become a high school counselor, become a wrestling coach, whatever it is. But man, you just, you, you can't, you can't leave the sport alone. You can't leave the things alone that you love your whole life. You, it always finds a way back to you. Um, and so those, how, those first couple of years coaching though, like, I don't know. There's a lot of things that no one talks about when it comes to coaching. No, you know, no one talks about the, the, the bus requests, the hotel fees, the travel plans, the logistics going on in the background. And so I'm sure you had plenty of bumps and bruises along the way, your first couple of seasons learning how to be a coach. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced as you were just, you know, coming into it? You were what, 22 when you first became the head coach? Like, how did that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially just coming out of college, like I've come coaching 60 people's kids. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you got. These aren't college kids that are, you know, want to be, you know, they're, they're people's kids in the community and they want them to be raised up and, right. uh, in a good environment and a good culture with your football program. And so it wasn't just like, teaching them how to win and and win only it was, is okay. How do we give them, you know, life lessons? And and at 22, I haven't lived a lot of life at that point. So (laughs) (laughs) I was just ready to win and that, that I learned that's not what it's about first and foremost. Um, but like you said, the, the small things behind the scenes is taking care of these kids, um, on and off the field. Um, when you go travel hotels, getting all of that organized, that was something I wasn't very good at cause it was always just done for us. So mm-hmm. having a travel plan and an itinerary and, and making sure these kids are entertained and, and, you know, when a kid gets in trouble having to discipline them and, and I mean, yeah, there's so much that, that goes behind the scenes that, yeah, things I'm obviously forgetting. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah it, it was hard. It, I was overwhelmed. I, I remember, telling my wife after my first couple of years, like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. Cause one, we weren't winning Two, It was a lot of stress. Teaching was hard. It wasn't
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, I, I'm about ready to be done. And uh, I didn't want to be, but.
0: And you had taken over as the, did you, how many, what did you teach all the social studies classes, geography or what?
1: I taught geography and world history. So okay. I, I just so had, the freshmen
0: and sophomores, the, the, the hardest two grades.
1: Yeah. The freshmen, yeah. and sophomore.
0: <laughs> yeah. So on top of everything, then your head coach for the biggest sport in the town with the biggest team, and that's been used to a winning record for a really, really long time. Come in four and seven, first season. Second season, I believe you guys had a winning record. You're like six and eight or something. Um, yeah,
1: we were six and four, I think. Which still the San Juan and Blinding community standards. That's that's, that's
0: pretty, pretty much a losing a- season, but uh, <laughs> it, it was improvement. You know, as as the years went on and as a football team, you get to have quite a few assistant coaches that get to help you, right? You got a C-team coaches, JV coaches, line coaches, defensive coordinators, video specialists, the list goes on. What was your thought process as you went through your staff um, and brought people on as the years went on?
1: Yeah, early on, you know, I wanted to obviously just find people that knew football really well. Like right. I wanted to coach football. You knew football, I'd bring you on. We brought some people on the that did that. And what I started to notice was, you know, we were having problems with a lot of these guys because they weren't connecting with the kids. Mm -hmm. And I've I started to ask questions to some older coaches and and guys that I looked up to that had been in the profession for a long time. And they said, you can teach anybody football. You can teach anybody your system. You got to get good people. Mm -hmm. And that shifted my whole philosophy on coaches. Like, I mean, I've got coaches that know football, but I've also got some coaches that we've just taught pretty much the game to they're just really good at connecting with kids. Yeah. And th- that's what it is, man. That's, that's a lot of the secret to our successes is, is I, I like to think of myself as more of a player coach. And, and when I was younger, I think a lot of people kind of struggled with that just because they're like, well, you're not the, these kids friends, you're their coach. And, I, and I'm not like hanging out with these kids, but I want to be there, you know, someone they can trust. I want to know about them and I want to talk to them. And I tell my assistant coaches that when they're stretching Take some time. This is a great opportunity. Go talk to them. Go, go learn. What do they like to do outside of this? What, how are their grades looking? Who is their girlfriend? Who are they hanging out with? Like little things like that. Just, just go get to know them. And and I don't care how much you know about X's and O's. I just want you to be good to these kids. And I want more kids to come play football. And so let's get coaches that aren't driving kids away because they're hard on them. I wanted to bring in coaches that are inviting kids in. And, and I think that's what we've been able to accomplish. We've had nine, we had 90 kids, which is a fourth of our, our school. Yeah. Uh, this last, kids just want to be a part of it. And
0: and that's that, a huge deal. That, Cause I mean, again, no, no diss to coach Lee love him so much, but like the culture around football, especially when I was in high school, you know, kids got driven away. Like my senior year, I know of at least three of my classmates that quit football because You know, they felt like, you know, only certain people really cared or whatever it was. And now you got a fourth of the school on your team. You got everybody, even though they're not the greatest athlete, even though they know they may not be getting some playing time. You've created a culture of acceptance, belonging, regardless of who the person is. And that's something that shouldn't be ignored. One of the hardest parts of coaching is getting players to buy in to what you're trying to do as a staff. And then getting the school and the community to rally behind that, it's no small feat. But it's something you've been able to cultivate through the years. I mean, this year you had, again, almost 100 players on your roster. That's bigger than most 5A, 6A teams. I, I'm i at a – well, was at a 5A school. They're 4A now. We did not have 100 people on our team. That's incredible. And so how, how do you get your players to buy in so much and take that bull by the horns?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it stems to just – the community that we live in. I mean, mm-hmm. I will give credit, a lot of credit to our community just because it is a football community. I, mm-hmm. I like to even give credit to our moms. Oh yeah. The moms in our community are amazing. Like I've noticed when a dad tells a kid to do something, eh, dad's just telling me something to do. But when a mom tells a kid get in the weight room or, or play football or sign up for sport, whatever it may be, yeah, stuff gets done.
0: Yeah. So we
1: have a great community that rallies yeah. behind hard work and, you know, putting your head down and and getting things done. But also um, I think kind of what you mentioned um, not to like pat ourselves on the back a ton, but I I think we do a good job at just being the kid, just being there for kids. I mean, some kids, like you said, they know they're probably not going to play a lot, but this is a family to them. They're accepted here. Um, and, And we have to get the kids to buy into that too. Like some of the, you know, it's hard to get some kids to, to, to be kind all the time and accepting, but like kids playing football, it's pretty respectful thing to do, like respectable thing to do. Um, it's not easy. It's not an easy sport. Anybody that plays, um, they can get off the couch for a minute and not be playing video games, you know, respect to them, regardless of their skill level. And so just accepting anybody who wants to, you know, who's brave enough to give it a try.
0: Yeah. Um, four years ago, you guys lost a heartbreaker in the semis right um was it to juab um uh,
1: it the quarterfinals The quarterfinals 3-A.
0: there yeah because yeah. you guys were 3a you played juab and you lost a, a heartbreaker of a match um and that was the your current seniors there were they freshmen yeah and they I, i've heard cool stories there because they when that happened I heard that they kind of just rallied together. You didn't have to do much at all, did you?
1: No. I remember (laughs) in the locker room, they all can – I mean, we all, for some reason, it's just one of those moments that, like, we all vividly remember. We only had four seniors on that team, Mm -hmm. and we battled against the eventual 3A state champs, who's literally almost triple our school size. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all remember the locker room, kids crying and and just vouching, we're never going to let this happen again. Hmm. and they sent texts out like to never let this happen again they made group texts and and things like we need to put in the work monday And, and that next monday it was freezing cold snow was starting to fall and we had 45 50 kids in the weight room almost every single day from that point on until the next season um It it was, it was unreal. And like I said, we've only lost one game and since that moment,
0: right? I was going to say that following season was your first state title as a coach. And I mean, that must've been pretty cool to bring in a state title as a, as a coach. I mean, it's one thing when you get as a player, it's pretty cool, but I imagine it slaps a little differently as a coach.
1: Yeah. That's a good question. I always get asked what feels better winning as a coach or a player. And I'm like a coach, because as a player, I mean, yeah, you have your friends and community, but you kind of feel the joy for yourself um, as a coach. You feel it for 90 kids that you look yeah. at them and see that remember that hard work that was put in. And uh, it's a lot cooler as a coach because it's kids that are trusting you and that you're leading and they, they realize all of that of sacrifice, what they've done has paid off. And that's probably the coolest thing. Um, that I'll ever see in my lifetime
0: yeah it is it's it's so cool to watch kids succeed and it's super cool to be a part and to be the leader of something when it does and you just your joy is amplified for you through 90 kids you know that's it's a pretty cool feeling um I had the opportunity to you know come back to Blanning and speak to some of the younger schools last year and I came to the weight room to work out in the mornings and I thought well that I thought, I thought it was cool it was it A lot of high school kids, but also you and coach Bobby were there too. You know, when I was in high school, I won't lie. Not many of my coaches were in the weight room in the mornings. we like me and Stetler and Ryan and all the early birds that were in the weight rooms. But you and Bobby almost every single morning were in the weight room with the kids. And I found that super impressive.
1: Yeah. I think, I think as a coach, you know, if I'm going to ask a kid you need to lift, if I'm going to demand something out of them, I got to be willing to do it myself. There was, Two years ago I ran a monster with the kids. You know what a monster is. <laughs>
0: Did you put pads on?
1: And I didn't put pads on, but a monster for people that don't know is is you you run so far and backpedal, run so far, backpedal, run so far, backpedal. It's like the ladders,
0: last, but on the football field.
1: Yeah. Then you got a bear crawling. Hundred yards. It doesn't sound bad, but that bear crawl is awful. And yeah. I about died is but I'm like, if I'm gonna make these kids do it. I better be willing to do it because I remember always being irritated by not even necessarily at San Juan, but even at Dixie. Like when a coach was making you conditioned and they're sitting there yelling at you to stay off your knees and breathe and work harder, and you're sitting there and there's no way you can do this trail. It always irritated me. So I'm like, if I'm going to yell at them and have them do something, I got to be willing to do it. And uh, we were in the weight room this morning and I don't love it waking up at five in the morning getting there, but, uh, it's good for me. I mean, we all should be working out and be healthy, but if I'm going to have the kids do it, make sure that they're doing it. I'm going to, I got to be able to do it and be in there and show them that, uh, it's important to me as well.
0: Yeah. And in the last three seasons, like you said, you've only lost one game. You've taken home three consecutive state titles, which is a first in school history, right? We've never done that before. Um, and not to mention, you've just been awarded coach of the year for 2023. That's pretty cool. Um, as the program continues to be successful, what has become your biggest challenges as a team and as a coach?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, just keeping that work ethic up because these freshmen that we have so the freshmen are first state title, they'll be seniors this next season, right? Um, they have only witnessed and they were actually weren't even at that game. So they actually were talking about the other day. They have never witnessed a varsity loss. oh. And so what's happening with these kids and you actually, you know, not to get off like all off topic on a tangent, but oh, you actually see country as well. Um, when things are going good, what does it do to people? It kind of makes people take things for granted. Oh
0: yeah. The pride you get, cycle.
1: Yeah. You, you kind of quit working because this is just how things are. Mm-hmm. and so that's probably the hardest thing is how do i keep kids hungry right. um and this isn't just what we do and right take these things for granted there's so many kids in the world that will never win a state championship it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing for most people and
0: here's these freshmen now, that have had it every single year of high school yeah yeah and that's, they've They're seen going to be and seniors
1: what, what do here well it is but it's, it hasn't been easy and oh. they some of them maybe have never played so their perspective, oh it's easy. It's just what, it's we, what do. we do. <laughs> but that's been hard. How do you keep them hungry
0: and, mm-hmm. and keep yeah. working? Well you, even like during the season, I mean I follow I followed along every single game, was watching the score, watching a picture at Palmer. I came to one game, um, the one in Salt Lake on the weird hill. Um at Judge Memorial, there we go.
1: Um right. and like
0: you guys only had two games this whole season where you didn't score 60 points. Like it wasn't even close the majority of the time. That being said, I could tell when just a few times when kids got a little complacent because they're so used to this. "Ah, It's okay. It's okay. 26 will go smoke that kid. I can I can take a break on this play, you know, Um, and then having to remind them. No, uh -uh. you don't take plays off. That's not what we do here. You take plays off. That's 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 when they that's when they score i mean at one point you guys you and judge were like locked in like the first quarter i was like what's going on and then and then you know the boys turned it on and didn't turn it off until the very end of the game when the freshmen were scoring touchdowns and and ended up being a pretty awesome awesome thing to watch but it can be hard to to get them to continue to push through it um because eventually those kids are going to experience a loss. It might not be while they're playing football, but they're going to experience a loss in life and helping, you know, helping them prepare for that because that that's a normal part of life, but <laughs> ain't a part of normal, normal part of San Juan football right now. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a pretty good thing to have. Um, so, I mean, you're doing some pretty cool stuff at San Juan High. I love how you're putting kids first and finding people that understand and that, that put kids first, um, that care less about football, care more about kids, and by doing that, you've created that culture of winning by not focusing on winning, by not tearing them down every single time they make an itty-bitty little mistake, by boosting them up more than you tear them down, and it's bleeding into all the other sports as well. Basketball took home a state title two years ago wrestling has had multiple state champs they have more kids on the wrestling team than ever before and i'm not saying it's all you coach c but i am saying that the culture that is cultivated in the fall sports it bleeds into the other sports and it's being noticed and so you might not want to pat yourself on the back but i sure as heck do bro because this is not this, this is not a small deal I mean, growing up in Blanding, I can tell you there's lots of kids that did not feel that culture growing up. And so feeling that now, that's a big deal. So thank you so much for everything you're doing for these kids. Um, And thank you so much for everything you're doing for the community. I feel like you're making the whole community a better place, Bark. So thank you so much, man.
1: I appreciate that, man. That's pretty pretty high praise. So thank you. (laughs)
0: Um, And thank you for your time. And thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Teaching Kindness. If you would like me to come speak at your community, fill out a speaker form in the podcast description. And always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.